Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard outline 10 ways to rebuild a relationship with your teen. Let's hear what they have to say. You know, most of our programs, we deal with problems, we deal with issues, we deal with the challenges of adolescence, understanding their world and how do we conquer it? How do we take what we believe in the standards and build it into their life in such a way that it produces something very good? But it's mainly been focusing on problems. But let me tell you, I think there's a second part of dealing with teens that is equally and just as important as dealing with their problems. It's building a relationship with them across that bridge of friendship that can communicate love and great times and and value and honor, but also the message of Christ fleshed out in their life in some way. Instead of believing that rules at home, a belief system, that boundaries and standards and all those things are going to solve all the problems within our family— You can have all those things lined up, but if you do not have a relationship with your child or are building a relationship with your child, it ain't going to happen. Do you think we expend enough energy in building these relationships? No. I mean, it's just very simple. You know, I think the approach that that I have always adhered to is before I can deal with the problems with kids, I've got to start building a relationship with them. Hmm. They need to know that I love and care for them, that I want something good for them. And if that's true, then it means that I will also spend time with them in some way to, to do some activities and build a relationship of value. All right. Maybe you have not considered how you need to build a relationship with your team. Maybe you're just taking life as it comes. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we're asking you to be real intentional about this today. You know, sometimes we have overdone it. Uh, with developing relationships with kids with the belief that if we just give them more, then they will like us more. Mm-mm. You know, and we've all seen that that's backfiring. What we've created is a great world of materialism mm-hmm. and entitlement. Yep. But you know what? That's not a relationship. A child doesn't bond to me because I bring them home something and give them one more thing. There, that has nothing to do with the transfer of value. It has nothing to do with the development of a relationship. Now, by a relationship, do you mean a friendship? I mean, a parent is a parent, right? That's true. I mean, a parent should never lose that. But I also want to come alongside, you know, my child and spend time with them. I don't care whether they're three years old or 29 or 33 years old the age of my kids. I mean, there's a side of it. What I want more than anything else is for them to know that I am there, that I love them, I care for them, I value them, I honor them, and I want to spend time with them. And in the midst of that, I'm going to be the parent, yes, but, but they know that I long to be with them and I value them enough that I spend time with them. All right. What are some steps to building that kind of bridge relationship? Yeah, it is. I mean, the first thing is just spending some time one-on-one, and you may have to make that happen. I tell people all the time, go eat breakfast with your daughter. I mean, it's a, I mean, there, I would write a book, and if I would put each one of those words on a page and say, if you want to improve your relationship with your daughter, Go eat breakfast with her. And if you have more than one, do it separately. Do it separately. Build a one-on-one relationship. Absolutely. The one-on-one time gives you an opportunity to listen to them. And when you do get together for those times, building that one-on-one time, 
Quit using it as an opportunity to continue all the daily devotions, the sermons, the preaching, <laughs> and, and the lecture. I'm not spending time so that they can learn one more thing from me. You've already done a great job as a parent. They, they have learned tons from you. You have sowed seed in their life in such a way that it's there and they get it. Spend this time when they move into adolescence listening to them. Ask them questions. Don't share your opinion until they ask for it. I mean, Scripture says a fool delights in sharing his opinion. (laughs) Don't share it, moms and dads. Start learning to be quiet so that your child can speak up just a little bit more. And so that time together becomes an opportunity just to just to do nothing together. to and, and hopefully you'll get them to a point where they start asking you questions mm-hmm. and you can engage in more of those discussions. And how about doing things together? I like that first idea a lot, but I was recently with, uh, with a dad and his son, his teenage son, and I saw the interest they both had in skeet shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I saw the, the teenager's eyes just light up to spend that time with his dad, and I thought, what a great thing. It is. You do something that has some commonness to it. You know, I mean, I, I'm a Texan. I love shooting guns. I love shooting pistols. That's part uh, of the uh, citizenship test. There, that's right? right. That's right. And because it's so hot in Texas during the summer, I love the water. So yeah. I love to water ski and wakeboard. You know, being in Texas, I love horses. I've always loved horses. Well, I've taken the opportunities and said, let's do this with kids. And so you spend time with kids doing something that they like also, not just me. You know what? I mean, we have a rappelling tower. We do rock climbing. We we go on whitewater rafting trips. We do anything we can to have a shared experience. And hopefully in that experience, we learn to laugh a little bit. Sure. I mean, and what I've always found is that every time you do something, something goes wrong. <laughs> and so they get to see how you respond uh-huh. when something goes wrong. It's kind of like this. If you want to build a good relationship with your child, go camping. You know, I mean, on a That'll camping trip, <laughs> that's right. It's Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will. Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> and there is something about that, that that bonds people together when you're faced with some trials and struggles and you learn to laugh through it. Mm-hmm. All right. Look for opportunities to discuss things together. That's so right. That can be just about anything. It right? can be. Go see a movie. And you say, well, what movie? Well, you know what? A 17-year-old child's not going to have fun sitting around watching Veggie Tales <laughs> or going to a Disney movie. No. I mean, they're really go see something that has some impact to it, that it has a spiritual truth to it, that you can walk away from it and say, my goodness, isn't that amazing how they talked about this? Or ask your child the question, hey, what did you think about this part? How would you have responded if this was your situation? What do you think about this? Would that have been hard for you? This didn't appeal to me. What about you? I mean, ask those questions because what you're doing is giving the opportunity uh, for your child to respond that you're and letting them know that you value them. But then on top of that, they may come back and start asking you questions so that so now you have an open invitation. Rather than feeling you always have to shove something down their throat or force them to listen to the gospel. I mean, think about that for a minute. To, to force them to listen to the gospel. You know, I'm amazed. At Heartlight, we have this deal where, where we do Bible studies every Thursday night. And we tell kids, you don't have to come. Now, we're a closed setting. It's a closed community. And, and it's supposed to be a part of our program. But I go, let's tell them they don't have to come. Yeah, if they you don't want to come. You know what? Just about all of them come. How about that? You know, and so you, you kind of 
pull the fuse out of the firecracker or, or the pry bar, you know, out of that wedge and allows them to start making choices. So it makes them feel a little bit older, but it, they come wanting something rather than feeling they have to eat something. That is really interesting. Well, we won't get through the whole list today, but next on my list here of 10 ways to rebuild a relationship with your teen, and you've already talked about this a little bit, is listening more and answering less. That's right. You know, go home this afternoon and be quiet. <laughs> and if you're driving with your kids, just be quiet. <laughs> you'll be amazed at what you'll hear. I mean, Scripture tells us, be still, <laughs> be quiet. You know, God has given us two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's because he wants us to listen twice as much as he wants us to speak. What do you mean by remembering your child's past as a step and believing in your child's future? You know, I I think it's conveying to a child that you have been something beautiful that we still see, you know, that that thumbprint of God on your life. Put pictures up around the house. Stick them on the refrigerator. Have old pictures that show that your family has a history so that they're constantly affirmed that you've had a good relationship. And let them know that you can't wait until the time that, that they get married. Build a future in your conversation because if not, you will focus on what is right now. And you know, and, and the other thing, these are not the best years of your life, and they're not the best years of your kid's life. You know, they're going to get better, regardless of what it is. You will have that relationship with them in the future. All right, we're talking about building relationship, but once again, you're still the parent, and so those moments of discipline are going to come into this. How do you deal with it? Oh, absolutely. But when you have a relationship with somebody, they listen to you. I mean, I live with 50 kids that come from across the country that hate being there with us, and we lay about 200 rules on them. But what we find is that once we have the relationship and they really know that we long for good things for them, they look at us and they go, okay, I'll do this. If you're a parent of a teen, you know that today's teenagers live in a different world than the one you were raised in. That means your style of parenting needs to be very different too. Too many parents parent their teens with principles that come across as authoritarian or judgmental, and such styles just aren't effective anymore. There is a better way, one that helps parents and their teens thrive together in today's culture. In the nine-week video course, Tough Guys and Drama Queens, Mark Regston will give you a new vision of the sort of role they could play in the life of their teens and help them understand the world through the eyes of their children. This course comes with a facilitator's book, a copy of Mark's Tough Guys and Drama Queens book, and a participant's guide. There's even questions at the end of each lesson to help provoke discussion, in case you want to go through the course with your friends, neighbors, or church group. You can order the Tough Guys and Drama Queens curriculum series by visiting ParentingTeenResources.com. You know, I was taught by my dad that when you got in trouble, he would withdraw the relationship. And, and I so mean, he wouldn't talk to you? Or? Oh, he, I mean, he'd, I remember one time we wrecked a motorcycle and tore it up. And what he did was just kind of, he got rid of the motorcycle and then he just didn't talk to us. <sighs> you know, and, and it was kind of an odd feeling because it was basically a message to us that, that we lacked value, yeah. that all we were were an appendage that wasn't, cared for really. And your relationship was based on what you did. Oh, it was. And, 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 as, and as long as we were perfect, it was great and everything was kind of normal. But boy, when we messed up, 
we knew that that I mean he would just become angry and mad and and uh, and disengage. Well, you know what? Don't don't send that message to your oh, team. Oh, I know, I know. Here's the good news: there's grace, huh. and grace is offering something to your child when they least deserve it. You know, when your child least deserves something, it is when they do something wrong. It is when they offend you, when they violate who you are, and and they still need to suffer the consequences but they don't need to have the relationship removed from them. I'm going to continue to give them a relationship even when they do something wrong. You know, and, and that's tough because when they are doing things that are hurting me, I've got to look beyond myself and say, how do I move toward them and offer them something at a time that they deserve it the least? And it's the time when they have offended me. It's a tough one. It's really tough. That's why if grace feels good when you give it, it probably, <laughs> probably isn't <Yeah>. grace. <laughs> Uh, we we uh, get lots of email questions. And by the way, feel free to contact us through the website, parentingtodaysteens.org. Here's one that caught my attention. My son is experimenting with alcohol, and his alcohol use has gotten him into trouble at school. He's currently suspended for using alcohol at a school-sponsored event. Also, his friends are negative influences. He does follow the rules at home and does not talk back, is not disrespectful but he needs better, healthier relationships to succeed. You know, I would applaud this young man for not being disrespectful and the fact that he follows the rules. And now that he's suspended, you know what I would say? Hey, let's go on a trip. Hmm. Now, he doesn't deserve it. No. You know, I mean... That's the grace part. You know, I mean, you probably need to cut his toes off or something. (laughs) I mean, you're thinking, okay, what can I do to get back at him? But I go, you know what? It's the perfect opportunity because he's still suffering the consequences. But the, the flip side of that is, now is your opportunity to engage with him. Well, when, he may be more open. Well, absolutely. I mean, he, he's all ears. He's listening because he's kind of stuck. He, de- he can't listen to everything else. And, and I mean, the reason they suspend a child from school, uh, I mean, is not because they can't handle it. They want them to be out of the social atmosphere. It's kind of like a, an educational grounding you know, and they get behind and they have to make up work. So there's some pain in it. But there's a side of it that, that that gives me the opportunity to engage with them. You know, when your child is really messing up and having a tough time and struggling through things, that may be the perfect time to say, let's go to Disney World. You know, like we that. need to get away this weekend. Let's go to a uh, let's go to a baseball game. Let's go to a football game. It kind of diffuses a situation too. It does. It? it does because they're still they're still suffering the consequences. But you know what? You just take advantage of the opportunity. And somebody says, "Well, Mark, that doesn't work." And I go, "You know what? That's the only way that it works." Mm-hmm. I take all these kids from around the country. They live with us, and if I withdrew the relationship every time they did something wrong. <laughs> We would never get anywhere because we would really believe that it's just boundaries and rules and and, uh, consequences that, that, that moves a child back into a healthy relationship. It's not. Those things guide it. But, but what happens is it is the relationship that draws a child into something different. Here's another note from a parent. Our daughter lies continuously. She is defiant, holds us hostage. That's an interesting phrase yeah. uh, with her behavior. Additionally, she must have a boyfriend at all times, despite the character of the boy in the relationship. Our family is in constant turmoil. Yeah, I wonder why she lies. <laughs> what is it that, I mean, is she doing something wrong or does she fear that she'll lose a relationship if she tells the truth? Because the, the bigger issue is, you know, can a child express who they really are and what they really feel? And are you still going to love them? You know, the, the flip side of it is, 
they hold, you know, her behavior is holding the family hostage. And I go, why are you allowing your child to control you? I mean, the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. I mean, everybody thinks that's anger management, and that (laughs) sure plays into that. But I think it's more that you not be controlled by those things of the world that are around us. And and at some point, you say, I'm not going to let her control us. Now, that's easy to say from a non-emotional standpoint. But at some point, you say, we're going to operate our home differently to not allow that control to happen. And the bonus thing to consider here is just simply moms and dads acting out on your faith. That in itself will build a relationship. That's right. I mean, I mean, look at your family and just ask this question. Can I do something different this week than what I normally do? Just do one thing. It's kind of like going on a diet. I mean, I people go through all these massive opportunities to go on a diet. And I always tell people, just give up one thing, just one thing. Give up French fries, give up, you know, milkshakes, give up, you know, dessert, you know, just three days a week. Don't do anything huge, just small things that that could change the direction, just like the rudder on a ship, mm-hmm. just like a spark that starts, uh, you know, a forest fire, just like a tongue that can determine the path of a life. You, just little tiny small things that can change the direction of a mighty ship. And our challenge to you is which one or more of these are you going to implement in your home this week in order to build that relationship? Absolutely. Pick one, develop a sense of humor, play together, go do something different. Engage, eat breakfast. Just go eat a breakfast and see what happens. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.